too many Tic Tacs in the town. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 3.38 starting time. Please welcome from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Matthew Wiley. Play away, please. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we. That wasn't a great pod, was it? You want to run it back? Flandia 207. Man, that's loud in my ears. But whatever. Hopefully this works. It should. Golflandia 207. It's late. It's late because I was in New York. <clears throat> or the Big Apple, as some refer to it. Um, but I'm back now. So here we go. Wednesday, Wednesday podcast, 207 Golflandia. Um, in New York, long story short, not going to dwell on that a lot. I feel too, I feel too slappy with my, there we go. A little lip balm right there. My lips felt dry. Long story short, went to the Bowery Meats Steakhouse. And by the way, thanks to Empire Maker 2 for giving me wine recommendations for the table. I don't drink wine. I said, they're looking at me. I need your help. So I tweeted him, and he is the wine goat. So thank you to him for picking it out. Um, but long story short, with the Bowery Meat whatever restaurant, I decided, because they bring out these piles of raw meat like steaks and ribeyes and fillets i don't eat red meat and uh and i decided to test out the barrel cut bit i said yeah i'd like the fillet barrel cut and i didn't get the amount of laughs that i thought i would get in fact i got none and she goes we don't do that but you can also leave if you want so now, whatever, the bit goes on. Barrel cut it, Bowery Meats. And then I got back to Kentucky and learned about the Joro spider infestation, which is a spider that's the size of a frisbee that apparently parachutes from the sky and is going to infest the entire east coast of the United States, including Kentucky, and land on your face. So there you go. And all in all baseball kid said <laughs> on Twitter when I tweeted this cuz I highlighted a, I, a whole article about this. And for the for the jokes I highlighted every sentence in the article. Uh invasive species of spider the size of a child's hand colonizes colonizes the entire eastern coast. It parachutes from the sky, millions of them up and down they are they are impervious to the cold weather they're fa- they have fangs 
but they are too small, accordingly, to break your human skin. But these things are gigantic, and they're going to fall from the sky. Millions of them. And so Tom, at Baseball Kid, goes, nice. We have that to look forward to. Which is accurate, because if, if, if this was 2019, December, and you said, listen, four things to choose from. Worldwide pandemic, killing millions. Attempted coup of the United States government. World War Three, Or parachuting giant spiders with fangs. Your choice. But you got to choose four of them. That's where we are. Who gave these spiders parachutes? Uh, have you heard this, Nathan? Yes. I'm yes. Giant yellow Japanese spiders that have fangs. The side. Listen, pick four. I will. I, if a Russian soldier shows up in my backyard, I will deal with it. But if a spider lands on one of their faces. They're on their own, my children. I'm just, I cannot handle it. The Joro spider. Congrats. Uh, The pip thing for the PGA Tour. I'm so far behind. But anyway, I had an argument with people on Twitter about Homa not being included in the pip money for the PGA Tour. And my my premise was that it's it's not just number of eyeballs on you, but it's your amplification of it and influence. The amount of ampl- like for instance, Bubba Watson has a, tr- a tremendous amount of followers, and he's one of the most popular players of all time, and probably rightfully so. He deserved to be part of the pip money, but my. My, my contention was that he's got double the amount of followers, but no engagement. The amount of engagement that Homa gets from trivial content that he posts is unparalleled, not only in golf, but really any athlete. And so the, the, the power of that influence, people, well, some people said, well, the, the casual golf fan, which is not the target market here, but the casual golf fan doesn't know who Homa what is. The casual golf fan is not who PGA wants. They want the younger audience. And so the Bubba Watson group is not the audience the PGA wants long term. Uh, and so the power of that influence that he has, Homa, is huge for the audience that the PGA wants to attract. Period. It's just... You know, eyeballs and influence. Page Six, who I troll constantly on Twitter, has half a million followers close to. They get one like. So what does that matter? So if you have a bunch of followers and no one cares about what you say or it doesn't get into the Twitter algorithm for, 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 for things that people see, what does it matter? And so Homa, unrivaled in the PGA Tour in terms of his influence, is something that, from a metrics standpoint, from this PIP money, should be probably analyzed. Not Google searches necessarily only, 
or how well you do on TV. I can tell you that just from this litmus test that he has a lot of influence. It's like Steve Sands, you know, comparatively here, jamming in points bet in a broadcast. And nothing against Steve Sands or Dan Hicks, but it's part of their job to start to sell points bet. But when they talk about when they're they're not betters, they don't understand it. But when they talk about, you know, minus 185 bets on Paul Casey being good bets, is that influence doing great for points bet? No. Everyone knows it's insincere, it's forced, it's rehearsed. None of these guys are betters. And they shouldn't be, you know, made out to be. But points bet is the anchor sponsor. There goes the elevator. That sounds good. We've our elevator here is completely jacked. One of us is going to die in it one day. Hopefully, the sound picked up on that. But is that doing anything? It's like the Comcast Business Tour Top Ten, when they have to jam that into a broadcast or Twitter. Or content. Is Comcast benefiting from that? It, it's completely insincere. Twitter is a Yelp review for authentic, sincere, connected content. If people like you or retweet you, that means that you have influence. The Comcast Business Tour Top 10. It's a tough, tough swallow. Let's just review the 61st to 79th best players on tour. Brought to you by Chef Boyardee. I mean, that's exa- there you go. No one cares. Rory hated last week at the API. He hated it. He hated it because he disintegrated late. And so we kind of blamed the course, which he should have, honestly, because... It was not rewarding good shots, as he said. I mean, even Billy Horschel, who blew up on Sunday, on the second hole, par three, had an incredible shot into the par three and got killed with a bogey. So that's kind of not fair. But the key line from Rory's comments was that most players are focused on the, the Players' Championship this week and don't play in the Arnold Palmer anymore because it's a $20 million purse, which matters. That was the key highlighted item for me in terms of Rory's comments. Like, this tournament doesn't pay us enough to get absolutely jacked up on Sunday and embarrass ourselves to be here. And if a course doesn't reward good shots, which I think the Pete Dye Players' Championship at Sawgrass will, the further players will get away from Arnold's legacy here, much like the Byron Nelson, which is unfortunate. And the weaker the field it will become. And I think that was, when Rory speaks, I suggest you listen, because he said some very bold things. Extremely frustrated, the course was unfair, 
it doesn't pay enough for me to be here. Why should I be here? And there's only so many times that Paul Azinger can talk about Arnie's forearms that make it relevant. And I missed the cut line again. Badly. And so people don't recognize that that is a content bit. I don't care to be right. I kind of do care to be right. But really, I don't. But sure enough, I still get the at old takes exposed tags. The data golf screenshots. Whatever. Whatever. Keep doing it. It's almost funny now. It is funny now. This week, the the Players' Championship... Ownership is going insane. Lowry went from a sneaky inside, I love it so much, pick at 9% owned to a projected 19%, which is now super chalk. With Berger, with evidently Morikawa, which I don't believe. I think Thomas will be higher. Connor's projected to be low. I think he's going to be higher. And then you got all these weather waves. I've never in my life gotten a weather wave correct. I don't know how to play it properly. It'll always balance or reconcile itself out. Um, wind, rain, AM, PM. You just don't know. If the PM group is pushed back to Friday where they have to pay 36 holes on Friday, how does that advantage or disadvantage them? Uh, if the course is going to be soft, it brings a lot of players in. But then again, on Saturday, if it's windy and dry, the course flips again. So do I? Do you ignore it? I typically do. I guess if anything, if I had to, gun to my head, I play PM, AM wave. But I don't plan to do any of that. So let's hear what the Sharps have to say. The boys. Well, this segment is brought to you by Ponderosa, by the way. Ponderosa. Barrel cut meats. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Ask for a barrel cut. Hello. All right. We've got three, four gentlemen, three gentlemen and me tonight. Circling the drain, Josh Lepko, Ryan Bariff, and Saul Goodman. Hello, boys. Hey, man. Hello. Hello, man. You Matt. all sound great so far. Um, and Thank you. Yeah. We're not doing the muting thing. Josh. We're not doing it, you said. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, the NHL FHWC is this weekend, by the way, and Josh and Saul are in it. So congrats. Thank you. Thanks. I'm, I'm sorry that you have to deal with the either South or Midwest or East Coast winter storm that's coming, Josh. Yeah, it was. I was not expecting to have better weather weather in Rhode Island um, while I was in Nashville, but here we are. It's funny that you finished second last week in the twenty dollar, the two fifty third, third, yeah. And I'll get DM saying that. How does he do that? It doesn't seem like he knows anything on the podcast. <laughs> and they're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm like, yeah, circling the drain's pretty good. <laughs> you should probably take listen to some notes from him. Um, this week, this week there was the players, and so I, I like listen. I, the course notes I'm going to give, and I have given, are based on a regular weather week, which has been typical for the last several years. But now you've got weather shit show, and I don't know what to think, and I'm going to have to. Have you unscrambled my brain about this here shortly? But in let me pick up my notes here. I'm not prepared for this. There it is. Okay, so um, players' championship sawgrass. Pete Dye is a psychopath. This course is heavily bunkered. It's mounds throughout. Hazards abound. Multi-tiered greens. Double dog leg par fives. Very difficult par threes. We know the 17th, of course, but the eighth is. Eighth et al. are just as tough. Um, less than driver off the tree, the tee. He will punish you for missing greens. He will reward good shots, unlike Arnold Palmer. It's going to be fast and firm again if if the weather holds up. Um, there's the twelfth is a huge risk reward hole. You could blow up anywhere on this course. The closing stretch is maniacal. Um, you basically have to play very solid, well-minded, mistake-free golf, non-ROM-type blow-ups like he did on the, what, the 16th, Ryan, a few years ago when he had it in the bag and he went against his caddy from the bunker. Oh, that one, uh, that was 11 was the other part of five there okay, where he, yeah. tried to, yeah, he tried to hook it out of the fairway bunker over the yep. water. Yeah. So elite iron player with guts who's in form – who can handle this crowd because the crowd can be pretty menacing too. So here's what I'm going to ask you, because Slep, you had a great text in the texts today with us, which I still can't decipher, but you said you're not going to have a weather narrative, but you are going to have a weather narrative. So explain what you're doing with weather, because apparently it's going to be rain, wind some days, but... Explain. Well, <clears throat> yeah, so I don't know which draw will be better, and it looks like everyone's suggesting that one will, um, which would be the late, early. Um, but I think this is more of a comment if you are doing you know, mass multi-entry. I'm going to have 150 lineups. So I am going to have some lineups that are all – early late some they're all late early and i'm i'm not saying that i can guess correctly which one will be better but i am saying that i think there is a good chance that one of them will be better and if that's the case i want to have some lineups that are bunched together that makes sense that so if i were doing one lineup or like for example i'm in the the big two 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 i'm not gonna pay attention i'm just gonna make my best teams but when i am doing 150 yeah i'm gonna allocate some and and pair them together. And I don't even know if I'm either going to, I'm probably going to have an equal amount because I don't really know which one's going to be better. But if there is a draw or a draw bias, rather, I want to have some teams that are stacked together. Saul and slept, you know, that there's one person that maxed that I saw the two, 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 two. Do you know? Uh, are the whistles going? Whoop? Whistle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Correct. Whistles. Yep. Yep. So how does that – I mean, if we play one or two each in this against his 30, right, 
what are you, what are you thinking there? I mean, do you even think, play or what? Yeah. Well, for me, I, I actually don't. Because you have five, Soul. Yeah, I have five, but I, I mean, I've played like one or two when it's been like the four, 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 other things. And I know that we've had this discussion before, but it doesn't really bother me as much when guys are maxing those because I, I think especially with golf, like each, each lineup is kind of its own thing. So not like other sports where they can, you know, they can cover like all of the Kansas city chiefs combos or the Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, a hundred Matthews lineups in a certain thing. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that much different whether whistles got 30 or there's 30, random people putting them in for me in golf anyway. Okay. Yeah. And I, I have a slightly different take on that. And I, I told you guys before that I generally don't like to enter into a contest unless I can max it. Um, so, you know, any, if it's a, a 150 max, I'm always going 150 and you know, if it can work with my bankroll. So, but I'm not going to, and I don't like the millionaire maker structure anyways. And so, and I, you know, bankroll wouldn't, wouldn't suggest that I should be maxing the two, 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 two anyway. Um, but I don't like when I only have one or two and someone like whistles his 30, not because, not because he has a better chance because, you know, all, he's he, well, no, he's, I mean, he's good, but I you know, but all because I said it. He, he's, he's putting in, you know, if, Someone made this point, and I've looked in so many pods in my life, but I don't know who said it, but not my original thought. But, you know, if you're making your optimal, and then as soon as you put your second in, you're making a less optimal lineup. So the, by the time you get to 30, yes. you're making a lot, you know, you're not, these aren't all optimal. But I like to, you know, I like to take shots in any of the sports I play. And when you only have one and you take some really low, you know, a play that has a really low likelihood of success. I don't really want to have that much exposure to that one kind of wacky play. If that makes yes, sense. I a hundred percent agree because on these Tuesday qualifiers for NHL for the fantasy hockey world championship, like the three hundreds, you have to have four. And after team one, you build, you're like, I can't build three more. I like the one I got. And so, and you do like to take bold stances slap. And yeah. is appreciated sometimes, unless you beat us. But you'll mainly for your NHL, you'll just say, I like Montreal too and, and, and New Jersey Devils three. And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And you'll win. So yeah, I don't I wouldn't be in this the two 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 two, but for the fact that I won two entries. Because again, for the reasons I have said, I don't like this price the price structure and I don't like being in contests I can't max. Yeah. Okay. But we're here. So let's beat whistles. Okay. All right. We'll do that. Uh, Ryan. Sir. What you're from Florida, right? What do you think? Explain the weather narrative for people. We're not, this isn't the picks podcast. This is the strategy podcast. Yeah. So weather is the biggest thing. What do we do with it? Um, So it's, it's certainly uh, just to kind of go back to your, your comments on the course and the course preview, it is not going to be firm and fast. There is absolutely nothing they can do. It's going to, it's already been raining. It's going to rain most of tomorrow. It's going to rain most of Friday and into Saturday. So um, I think, you know, you can look back at, at kind of what happened here in 2017 where they had some weather 
Um, it was the Siwoo Kim year. And I think, you know, that leaderboard, not necessarily the names, but the style of play. Um, I mean, if you kind of look back there, it was him. It was Usti, Poulter, Poulter. Stanley, RCB, Glover, Molinari, Scott, Norin. Like these are uh, Grio. Like these are iron players, right? And I think that is going to hold true a little bit here. Um, usually in Florida, when the weather gets bad like this, one of the uh, kind of underreported stories is it makes it very difficult to cut the rough. And I don't expect them to cut the rough. Uh, it's going to put a, a premium on on the driving accuracy. And then because the greens are going to be softer, these guys who are great iron players, like they're just going to take dead aim and they're going to have a lot of four to six to eight to 10 foot birdie putts. Um, can they make those four to six to eight to 10 foot birdie putts? I don't know, but that's certainly the type of player that I will be targeting this week. So then you, you start up top, let's start up top, Josh and, and, and Saul and Josh, you have major conviction on JT and Morikawa and when they're playing and how much they're owned, right? Well, when you say major conviction, you mean that I'm not I'm not interested in playing them? I don't think that's the case. Are you saying that I'm not I am interested? I'm not <laughs> I think I think you're interested. <laughs> okay. You think I'm trying to razzle dazzle you guys, right? Correct. Yeah. This is the podcast of lies. Um, yes. I don't. I, I especially in this millionaire maker, and I, especially with this tournament where there's going to be many more variables with the weather, with the water. I don't know. I don't know that I really want to play Morikawa. I'm least interested in Morikawa. Yes. Um, and here's the thing. Let me let me just get this out there. Like these guys, especially Saul and and Josh. And I and Ryan. I mean, we just like <laughs> the, the, Josh doesn't want to give away his what he's going to do here because he wants to win. <laughs> so especially I, the two, I, two, two, two. So I, I mean, let's. I'm giving my honest thoughts here. I really don't think that my opinion on in a like a two hundred million million person entry and like late Wednesday night is really going to impact anything. So well, it does sometimes. Plus, Matt might not release say, this podcast until after right. lock. So. Right. <laughs> what are the odds he's even recording it? That's true. <laughs> um, uh, so, so a, a quick question for you, Slap on on the Justin Thomas thing, right? His latest uh, ownership projection has taken a dramatic shift down. Is that real or no? Hope it's real. Um, I, I guess I haven't seen a lot of people talking about him. Um, I don't know. I think. I've seen a lot more on Twitter on Morikawa. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. He's he's certainly going to be lower than this Colin, whole. Yeah. Uh, nothing would really surprise. I mean, Rom is looking low, lower-ish. If you know, if he came in at ten or thirty, either way, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I have no, I have like no feel for what the the feel yeah. is doing with him. Saul, so, so why is why is Colin Morikawa twenty three percent and Rory's ten? Well, I think Morikawa. I think this whole accuracy thing which you know obviously has has legs um is sort of all over the industry this week and so you know i'm I'm hearing people tout the the lift clean in place the pick the guys are gonna hit the fairways and you know he hits all the fairways and he's a great iron player and you know if he's playing target golf and he doesn't have to chip and he's going to be taking 
four to eight foot putts, then yeah, I mean, he's, it's an attractive thing, but you know, my, my thing with, especially with these top guys, like kind of the, you know, can't lay in above and then even same concept down in like the low to mid sevens. Like I, I honestly don't think that it's possible for these projection sites ownership projection sites to, to right. have a real good handle on it this week. I mean, I, we were talking about how hard it was to cut down the pool. Like I, I have no, I, I still don't know what I'm doing. It's eight fifteen on Wednesday and I could I'm be, overweight. I could be overweight. <laughs> I could literally be overweight on any of the guys can't land above, or I could cut any of the guys can't land above. So I, I, what I, what I'm getting at is I think I would just, you know, pick the guys you want to play and play them and not worry if they're going to be 14% or 18% because I don't think anybody knows. I think there's so many balanced and good names this week that ownership may not matter as much. I don't believe Berger is going to be 24% owned. At the same rate, I don't think Thomas is going to be sub 16% at all. Mm-hmm. Um so I think Corey Connors is going to be, and he's coming up now. He was like eleven percent projected. He's going to be coming up, yeah, yeah. So, but at the same rate, if you're looking at target golf, <laughs> Victor Hovland eleven percent. That's the steal of the week. Right? Yeah, and I I think I mean I I. I listened to a few other podcasts during the week and one of the few people that I actually um, one of the few people that I actually sort of listen to and respect is Ben Raza from from uh, from Osimo. And he's something he's talked about for like years and years is um, sort of building uh, according to like whatever na- building lineups, according to whatever narrative you believe is going to happen. So like, for example, if you think it's just going to be target golf, you would, you know, in this certain set of lineups, you would build some Morikawa, Hovland, Connors together. And then in your bad bad weather lineups, you would kind of go like, you know, whatever, Cantlay, Lowry, Hatton, that type of thing. So I think that this, this week with the weather uncertainty and the draw and all that stuff, I think building sets of lineups is a good idea like that. Now the problem is if you're building 150, like we are and like I am, I don't even know how to do that. So <laughs> it's a great idea in theory, but if you're building that many, I think it's going to be tough to, especially if you, especially if you start at age 15 on Wednesday night, it's going to be hard to get your <laughs> groups together. My thing is with Ryan, you said some player today, what was it that you're going to be like? So max him um, like 40% that player. Who was it? You was talking about Rory. Yeah, it was Rory. Mm. Are you still going to do that? I mean, like seventy-five of your lineups could be Rory McIlroy. It's entirely. I found possible. that doesn't work out well. It's well, like a tr- Okay. Yeah. Look, I mean, so I think one of the things here about Rory, um, he he obviously got a lot of play last week, uh, being being in contention, kind of fading, and then all of his his kind of post round comments. But if you look at it, his off the tee game was fine, and his iron play was actually really good. Like. He sucked because he couldn't make any putts. I am kind of willing to overlook that on a golf course where plenty of bad putters haven't done that well, and putting is not necessarily at a premium here. And he's playing great, and he's 10% owned. So 
Hey. I feel that way about Rom. I think Rom was a lot better than his score last week. Yeah, Rom's always great. I mean, the ball striking is out now of the world. You get Will Zelatoris sub nine, sub 15%. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if we're doing the the Will Z thing. Maybe. If he's going to be 9%, he's, he's hurt us. probably. He's hurt, he's, he's, he's hurt us. He's hurt us. A pretty good amount in the past month. <laughs> yeah, he has. Um, so I, I think we glossed over one who's going to be super low owned. Uh, has a very uh, underratedly good record here. And at 7% owned, what do we do with Dustin Johnson? No, nope. See, that's what I'm saying. Like it, I'm, it, it seems like such an obvious no. But like, if you could play 15 percent and be twice the field, I, I, I think you should. I don't know. I did see him on Instagram today, and he, he was, he was very confident in his game, and he was tweeting about TaylorMade, and uh, looked pretty good. So I get that. I mean, I could make a case for. I mean, you could make a case. Well, he's nine point eight. You could make a case for fading everyone above, except Victor Hoffman. Yeah, I I definitely worry about him hitting fairways here. If that's going to be a thing, and like they're playing with clean in place, and he's not, uh, I think that could be an issue. The thing that I always I struggle with personally is theoretically, I like the idea of getting two X Dustin Johnson at seven percent, but then I also think. Okay, there's, uh, you know, a, you know, twenty, twenty five, thirty lineups out of my hundred and fifty that Are wouldn't I really game. wouldn't I rather have Patrick Cantlay or Hideki or like someone that I actually like instead of just oh let me just two x the field because it's the right thing to do. I know game theory wise it's probably the right thing to do but I if I think he sucks I'm just not going to play him so right it's just there, like there, right there's also uh, kind of along that lines is there's. <clears throat> There's a lot more that you're giving up by trying to 2x a guy around Xander, Mats, Cantlay yes. at 9,800 than if you could make the same argument as to, well, how come, like, let me play, let me play Spieth. And mm-hmm. I know, Ryan, you and I are talking about this and you wanted to, you were making the argument for a DJ. And I said, well, if you're going to do something like that, just do it with Spieth and it's 800 less. And there aren't guys around there that you're, you know, really great informed golfers that you're, you're giving up on. You're like, oh, well, fine. You're getting off playing Burger. Well, I, I think that's more of a fair trade than getting off Cantlay or Xander for DJ. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm on Spieth either. I'm just saying that I don't know. I guess I didn't make my point clear is that I guess I'd rather try to make a play like just betting on the caliber of golfer and the ownership a lot further down the board. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes 2X is a little even to a bolt, but even 4X, I mean, 2X to 4X, you're you're going, what, 400% the field? Uh, You know, just go 20%. I mean, you know, and that may be sufficient to be above the field enough. Like I was Luke, Lit- well, well, we were, I was Luke list, what, 30% last week. Yep. That destroyed mm-hmm. me. I mean, why did I have to be so aggressive on Luke list that 30% of my lineups, 45 lineups had a, or were dead from the outset. And so 28% of the field was six of six and I was 15%. I was fucked. I mean, it was finished. 
because I decided to go 30% Luke List. You didn't need to go that much. I mean, even like Jordan Spieth, if he's 7% projected, don't go 4X the field. Maybe just go 20% more, perhaps. I thought. Yeah, I've been trying to do that. Um, and this is a little different, I guess, because it's like a major and there's so many more guys down here. But I've been trying to do that kind of in the sixes and sevens like mm-hmm. i think the week after i think it was the week after hoagie won he was like four percent i was like all mm-hmm. right i'll just take eight take eight percent of hoagie like and if and i'm was wrong he, projected? It, he was he was projected for four i took okay, like so, eight so and but he was like but he was like yeah but he was like set but again if i'm wrong i paid 7400 bucks or whatever and it was eight percent of my lineups instead yes. of paying you know, $9,800 for DJ and it's 15% of my lineups. That's I right. think that's kind of what Slep was saying too. Yeah. So yeah. And it is, it, I mean, I understand DJ's all world talent. Well, in the past, we don't really know that right now. I mean, in the last few tournaments we've seen him, but it, it, you know, to be right on DJ, you might need a win because if mm-hmm. Cantley Xander won, then you just gave up those lineups. But, in order to be right on a guy down below, like yeah, he does. He needs to do a lot less. I mean, this is kind of like an obvious statement. I guess. I'm not trying. I'm not blowing what, any miles here. But. Whist- whistles is 100 percent playing DJ. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I mean, I'm not. I don't think. I don't think Ryan is wrong. I think, but no. you just have to make a decision. Like, is well, DJ? Is I mean, he? I think can part he just of it show for me. Win? Yeah, part you of know? it for me here is, is is that I really don't like Xander Cantley as much as it sounds like the three of you do. Um, I'm probably going to cut Cantlay and I'm, I'm considering cutting Xander. And if I'm able to eliminate them, then yeah, I'm going to play Matsuyama quite a bit. And that will allow me to get plenty of DJ. I mean, here's the yeah. thing. It's like a blackjack hand. If you really feel good about it and you want to go all in, then go after it. Like if you really feel like John Rahm's going to be top two or win and you, you that's your conviction, then, then don't limp into it. Then go, like go 70 to hundred percent, go after it. And the dealer says to you, "Sir, this is a, po- a poker <laughs> Sir, table. You're drunk. <laughs> you just you got the. I got to double down. Like, right, Sir, right. The poker table. <laughs> you right, were mixing right. analogies there. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. But if you really feel strongly about it, you have some inside information, or you feel like it's going to build, and don't like. I mean, it works better in showdown and NFL when you know a guy is probably going to hit the board and should be on the board. Um, then. If you if you think it's going to happen and it should happen based on experience, then go 100% after it. Then you don't have to figure out five of five. It's tougher in golf, but I mean, if you like it, go after it. Yeah, and we've and we've done that. I mean, the last five or six weeks, like I've been <laughs> at the Honda, I was 100% burger, and that was great for three rounds. Three and but, a half rounds. Yeah, but I mean, I yeah, I think it's a good discussion. I, I think yeah. there's time and a place for it. And I think that's probably not this week. I'm going to ask yeah. you this. I'm going to let me ask you this. All right, because the sevens, there's a. I mean, you know, Fitzpatrick seven. Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick could be the highest owned player in the field. Lowry Lowry's going absolutely parabolic, as I said on Twitter, um, which I don't I don't disagree with. Um, You've got Webb Simpson here at 7.6 at sub 10% owned. A winner here. This is his backyard. I don't want to reveal what I'm probably going to do, but 
does anyone like Webb Simpson just to self-validate myself? I see the merit of the play. He's not in my pool. Okay, sounds good. Same. I like Webb. I I I um I'll I'll be on your side with this one. I <laughs> think I mean the word is what he's been injured and he's only he's been seen once and yeah. I mean mm-hmm. but I it's think this is, oh, yeah. I think this is ahead. kind of a you know he has the ceiling to like if he's healthy like what well, if he had played last week and he was or a couple weeks ago and he was fine I mean it's probably what he's probably priced up with Neiman and he's probably a thousand dollars more expensive and like seventeen mm-hmm. percent owned so this would be a good example of like okay he's projected for six you take ten eight ten percent of Web and because like his ceiling is he could win theory. Um, so I would, I, this is one that I would, I will probably take some shots with. My only yeah, thing is I, I, I look at, I look at, okay, who's the super chalk in certain price ranges? Like Fitzpatrick is 21 and then you draw a circle around those and say, okay, how do I get around this? Cause I don't, I don't disagree yeah. with Fitzpatrick's going to be 20% owned. It's like, how do I be differentiated around Fitzpatrick? Webb Simpsons is one of them, right? Josh or no? Yeah, I mean, certainly you can you make direct pivots off of off of those plays, and you know when I'm building these 150s, I set rules where I will, you know, whether you just set it by min maxing your ownership, or I like a rule where I always have to have two guys under 10 percent on every lineup. Yep. Um, but um, but I think you guys are right <laughs> so, on, on so sexual, <laughs> you guys are right so on web. I, uh, I'm just gonna slip that in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Web Web is like a millionaire maker winning type play that nothing you're not gonna see anything in the models of why you should do it, but you guys are right, and I think I'm gonna add him in. What's funny yeah, is Ryan. is Webb was actually when he won here. Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> when Webb yeah. won here, he was actually cheaper than this, which is which seems crazy at the time, but he hadn't yes. won in a while. And I think he was like twenty eight or thirty percent on that week. Um yeah, I, All right, Ryan, I hear, we're 26 minutes into this. Here's what, here's what I want from you because this is your range. I like nothing in the sixes. I don't even like Mo Pereira. And the reason why we call him <laughs> Mo Pereira, Josh, is that he doesn't have it. <laughs> Mito doesn't have it. Okay, so what, Ryan, this is like, – I don't know anything here. I mean, what, Dylan, Taylor Moore, Kucher? No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to do the opposite. I'm going to go the other way this week, and I'm especially down here. I'm going to focus on guys who I think can keep the ball in the fairway and can putt, which is a very dramatic shift from what I normally do. So, I mean, give me Brian Harmon. Uh, give me Brendan Todd. There's no way Brian Harmon is sub 5% owned. I might even play some Molinari. Not that he can putt, but he actually puts these surfaces decently well. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I think I think that's the direction that I'm going. And then really the only guy that I'm excited to play down here just because uh, – I'll add Adam Hadwin in there too. But Poston, he is just so cheap. Um, he hits fairways. Obviously a good putter. Has played well here. And he is so cheap that you can pretty much pl- play him for 6,100 and then do whatever the hell else you want with your lineup. Yes. Mm-hmm. Matt, did you have – that? I think you had a stat on Poston – Oh, yeah. I looked it up recently, (laughs) recently, and it was a very interesting stat about Poston and especially comped with 
TPC Sawgrass, Bermuda, and even the weather. And the stat that I came up with is that he sucks. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, there has been some some talk about a correlation with Wyndham. Obviously, he won there. I don't really buy into that, but all he has to do is make the damn cut for sixty one hundred. Like, come on. Then go Brian Stewart for six k. Brian Stewart has sucked here though. Posted no, his he, back-to-back he's top twenty fives. I don't know. Um, All right, I should probably, we got, we, I should probably play Bubba for sixty nine hundred too. Just gonna throw that in there. I was yeah, Bubba's seven, under seven k. He's just horrible here. That's all. I mean, that's all it is. There's he's no way Brian. Everywhere. No he's way Brian everywhere. Sub five percent. There's just no way that's gonna happen. But no, it's no. Not. The the uh, I think the run pure guys are all over him, just like they always are. Uh huh. All right, so who wins, Run Pure? Toe Tag and Tambo with the big old-fashioned monocle. Who wins? <laughs> toe Tag and Tambo. Slep go first. Okay, Slep go first. Scotty Scheffler comes in. <laughs> God. He wins two in a row, three of his last five or six. You number, were- one, number one player in the world after that. Boom. Did someone say Scotty Scheffler last week? No, it's Fitzpatrick. No, we didn't. No, we weren't on Scotty. Okay. He was my highest own last week. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Saul, perhaps the next FHWC belt holding champion in five inches of snow, Nashville. Yeah, I'm planning to win that and then win one or two million on Sunday. So it'll be a pretty good weekend. Um, <laughs> winner of this tournament will be Rory McElroy. Sorry, Ryan. Yeah, kind of, kind of took my guy there. Back, back, back to the drawing board. Normally, so normally in this segment, I will just pick the lowest odds guy that is on my betting card, which is Justin Thomas. I was going to pivot to Rory, um, but I guess I'll say Justin Thomas, the first back-to-back winner in <laughs> Players Championship history. All right. Well, congrats, guys. Matthew, what's who, your pick, Matthew? Man? Who who wins? Oh me? Oh sorry. What? Um, Brian Stewart. <laughs> this is tough. I kind of get buy in with the Scheffler back to back, and I think that that's a solid pick. Thank you. But, but, but you can you take Scheffler, and I'll tell you who really wins. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take no one from the top. Even though I like Victor Hoffman, I'm not taking that either, or Cam Smith, or Will Zalatoris. I'm gonna say Shane Lowry wins. Oof, oh, that man. would be devastating for I, my I, I Kings hope, winnings. I hope not. That's a tough scene. Thanks, guess guys. we have to pl- guess we have to play him now. Trim the fat, Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Hope everyone wins a lot of dollar ruskies. Yes. All right. See you I'll guys. See you Good luck. Million dollar ruskies. Bye-bye. See you all in Nashville. <laughs> Bye-bye. That's it for Golf Lenny 207. <laughs> Almost at 308. 3012. Uh, I mean- 3012. Yes. Can I get that barrel cut, ma'am? No, you can't. Please leave the restaurant. You're embarrassing. Oh, okay. Did no, did anyone laugh? No. It's not funny. Okay. All right. Can I hammer that one one more time? No, you can't. Oh, see you later.
Yeah, here's your coat, and just like pack your shit up and get out the door. Yeah, no wine list. Bye bye. Uh, okay. Have a good players championship. Ring, told them they might just have the next big thing. <laughs> 